Have you ever felt like there is something more? Like there has to be more to life than this? Or why am I here? What can I do? What's my why? Do I make a difference? Or do I really even matter? In this series, we're going to answer those questions, and we're going to talk about what most people don't know about purpose. As life passes minute by minute, day by day, year by year, you can either improve or diminish. It is true. You can end up in the same place you were last year, where it seems like life just passing by, but nothing is really happening. The truth, however, is average is simply a result of balancing out your ups and downs. What if your ups were more abundant than your downs? Well, the result would be a lifted average. Here, we go beyond what is true to make it all the way to the truth. The truth, after all, will set you free. I am Michael Hall, your host for the show, and thank you for spending your time listening. If you are driving or out for a run and are a note-taker, don't worry. You can go to betterfortoday.com and look at our show notes for the episode. We even go a step further in the blog in sharing a detailed version as well as sources and resources. We believe you should never do life alone, so check out the many options in joining our growing community. Tomorrow only comes through today, so today, let's make a difference. Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The second habit in that book was begin with the end in mind. Personally, for my life, I like to live by that as often as I can. So that's where we're going to start today. Last time I checked, at least here in America, 100% of people die. It is the only thing with complete certainty I can guarantee. So what happens when people die? Well, have you ever been to a funeral? A bunch of people gather, for some more than others, but every single time, some people go up and speak. Most of the time, it's family or close friends. They're trying to attach some sort of meaning, some kind of significance to the person's life. What did they do? What meaning did their life have? Was it a waste? Every one of them is trying to make some kind of a difference. So that their life can be known for something. They have some kind of legacy, some kind of impact. So let's take a step back before death. There was an Australian nurse named Bronnie Ware. She worked in palliative care. She cared for patients in the last 12 weeks of their lives. She recorded their words into a blog and it got so much attention she wrote a book. The book is called The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying. I wish I had the courage to live life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they made or not made. Health brings freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. They deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of work existence. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others, 
As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many developed illnesses related to the bitterness and resentment they carried as a result. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Or, I wish I had let myself be happier. This is surprisingly common. Many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits. The so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions, as well as their physical lives. Fear of change had them pretending to others and to themselves that they were content, when deeply within, they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their lives again. Let's go about this from another angle. I live in Pensacola, Florida. It's beautiful here. But I live about 45 minutes away from one of my favorite authors. His name's Andy Andrews. And while I haven't met him yet, I have got to see him speak many times. And I'm hoping maybe I can run into him one of these days at random and say hi. But he puts it like this. Do you know the names of your great-grandparents? So you have a mom and a dad, and each of them have a mother and a father. So you have four grandparents. But each of your grandparents also has a mother and a father. So you have eight great-grandparents. And you've probably been racking your brain since I've asked the question, trying to figure out if you knew their names. Or how about, do you know how much money they made? Do you know what car they drove? Do you know what they looked like? Do you know what jobs they had or what their hobbies were, what they did for fun? It's all right if you don't. If you're like me, you couldn't even get past the names part. In fact, 98% of people I ask that question to can't even tell me the names of two of their great-grandparents. So what's the point of all of this? The point is we are about two generations from being obsolete. Everything that you do in your life However much money you make, whatever jobs you have, whatever projects you complete, none of it is going to matter in about two generations. So if that's the case, what is going to matter then? For most of us, we go through life trying to please everybody and just doing what we can. I did my best. That's what we say. We just go with the flow. Whenever something bumps into us and tells us to turn, we turn. We pay our taxes, we pay our mortgage if we're lucky enough to have one, we're putting food on our table, we go to work, we come home, we eat. It's called the rat race. So have you ever seen a hamster in a cage? They wake up, they get on their little hamster wheel, and they start running, and they run, and they run, and they run, and they get off, and they're exhausted, they're hunched over, <sighs> breathing heavy, right? And then they go get a drink of water. And what do they do? They get back on that wheel and they start running again. And they run and they run and they run. But it's exhausting and it goes nowhere. The only thing they have to live for is to get up, eat some food, drink some water, get on that wheel, run around a little bit, get off and go back to sleep. So get up, go to work, come home, eat, relax, sleep. Get up, go to work, come home, eat, relax, sleep. Get up. Go to work, come home, maybe wave at your neighbor, put the garage door down, eat, relax, sleep. We've built this cage around us that we choose to live in. And for what? There has to be more to life than this. Tony Robbins says, Activity without purpose is the drain of your life. 
And if you stop and think about that statement, it may very well be one of the most impactful things that you can think about in your lifetime. Because if you're just constantly doing stuff without any purpose, without any why or reason, you're just going to waste your life. You're going to watch it go down the drain. You're going to wake up one day, not know where it went, and have nothing to show for it. So there's two ways you can view life. With a limited mindset or a mindset of abundance. In a limited mindset, everything that you make is yours. It belongs to you. It's like the seagulls from Finding Nemo. On the other side of that fence, there's an abundance mindset. There's more than enough. There's more where this came from. Or there's more that I can make or more that I can do. More that I can become. Most of us are willing to take anything because we don't know what we want. You see, the reality is opportunity is everywhere. And it's accessible to everybody. But if you don't know the difference between what you want and where you're going versus where you are, and if you don't have a why, it becomes incredibly easy to take every opportunity that comes your way. Once you nail down a why and you have a purpose, you know what you want, you're going to have to start turning opportunities down because they're everywhere. You're going to have to learn what to say no to. Success Magazine has been around for a very long time. And what they call the super achievers all have the same qualities and all do the same things. So their publisher, Darren Harvey, went out to interview these super achievers. And the three productivity secrets of super achievers for me was a real eye-opener. And the number one productivity secret might surprise you because most of us want to know what people like Richard Branson do to create great results. But the answer is just the opposite. You see, it's not what they do at all. It's what they don't do. He says saying yes is easy. There's no hassle in saying yes. The master skill, however, is saying no. No is hard because it causes conflict in relationships. It causes conflict in a conversation. When Darren had the chance to interview Warren Buffett, he asked him the same question that everyone wants to know. What would you attribute your grand success to? The key to his grand success was this. For every hundred great opportunities that are brought to me, I say no 99 times. That's incredible. He had to sort through 99 opportunities to find the one that fits his why. Darren also asked the late Stephen Jobs, of all the things that you have built and created that have changed the world, what are you and Apple most proud of? Steve's answer was, I'm so proud of what we don't do as I am of what we do. You see, the super achievers recognize the immense focus it takes in the sea of abundance of what is opportunity to be able to sort through what there is to get to what they really want. When you have a why, you learn how to say no. You learn to say no to what you want now so that you can say yes to what is more important later. If you look ahead to your deathbed, what are you going to regret? Two generations from now, what are people going to remember you by? 
Will they even remember you? And the more you start to ask these kinds of questions, the more you start to realize that it's not about you. The point is to serve. How can you affect other people's lives to the point where they're willing to stand up at your funeral and cry and through their tears tell everybody how important you were? It's about legacy. It's about impact. What are you leaving behind when you go? And what's crazy is when you, when you begin to serve and when you begin to give, life just feels better anyway. Because it feels better to give than to receive. <laughs> and that's by design. It wasn't until I became a father that I really learned this. I would love to be able to give my boys the world. I want them to come out the other side better than I ever was or ever will be. Everybody has something to offer that includes you and somebody wants what you have. They might even need it. So today, give something back. Start now. Whether it be money or time or food, love. Find a way to serve people. Find a way to give something back. It may very well change that person's path in their life forever. But what's really cool is the person that's really going to light up is you. The clarity of what's coming next has been one of the most important discoveries of my entire life. We're going to talk about what purpose is and what it is not. That and more is what we're going to get to talk about next time.